if I had a podcast, it would be on figuring out the meaning of life. Yeah. I, I'd do a podcast on death. Then I was like, well, shit, I'm going to do a podcast on death. And that's, and that's, and that's how it started. Podcast Junkies, episode 161. Welcome back. I'm your host, Harry Duran. But if this is not a welcome back, and this is a welcome, and you're new to the show, in case you're wondering what it is, it's an interview with an amazing podcast guest, which typically happens every single week, or someone who is a luminary in the podcasting space. Last week was no different, in case you missed it. Shell Hamilton, host of, of the popular Meditation Minis fantastic, fantastic person, human being. And for someone who didn't even think she was going to start a podcast about meditation, she hit uh, over 5 million downloads. She's just a really good person. We reconnected at Podcast Movement, podcastjunkies.com slash 161 for the full show notes and to listen to that episode. This week, we touch on the subject of dying, but from a different perspective, not what you would think. It's not a macabre episode at all. Uh, the host, D.S. Moss, host of The Adventures of Memento Mori, which means remember to die, uh, talks about the process he took in formulating the show. Uh, it talks about the idea of dying in his very first episode. We mentioned advanced directives and why it's important you should have one. Whether or not it was important for him to have a personal connection to the topics is something we talked about, and he gives us his opinion on that. He was actually named uh, Best Podcast of 2017 by The Atlantic, so that was cool. We, we touched on that a little bit. He talks about the research, the shows he was listening to when he came up for the idea for the podcast. And there's a group of his friends who actually thought he was getting too personal with this show. So we touched on that a little bit. Now, uh, the other thing you should take personally is your podcast host. And one of the great supporters of this show for a while now has been Podbean. Head on over to podbean.com slash podcast junkies. They have plans starting at $9 for unlimited podcast hosting. They have their own uh, app as well. It's rock solid podcast hosting. There's only a handful of uh, hosts that I recommend, and definitely Podbean is one of them. They're friends of the show, and you'll see them at all the podcast conferences. I'm good friends with Jennifer and with Vernon of Team Podbean, and uh, they'll definitely go out of your way to make sure you have a pleasant experience. If you have any challenges or you have any questions about getting set up, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Harry at Podcast Junkies. But to sign up, podbean.com slash podcast junkies. Make sure you stay to the end of the episode where I reveal this week's retention hashtag. If you don't know what that is, it's a little Easter egg at the end. I give you the hashtag, you post it on Twitter, and you tag the guest, and you tag me. It's kind of fun, right? For now, no need to worry about that. Focus on this interview coming up with DS Moss. Very interesting. So DS Moss, host of The Adventures of Memento Mori, Thank you for joining us on Podcast Junkies. Thank you for having me. So it's been, I've been doing this show for almost in April or before years. And in the beginning, I would try to reach out to just folks that I met at conferences because I wanted to get a feel for people because I, I just don't like cold conversations. And you can kind of tell, I don't know if you've had this before or experienced it, where you have a conversation or you hear people having a conversation, you can tell that they've never met. <laughs> and, um, but as the show has grown, I've been, have people reaching out. And, and so uh, Maggie reached out on your behalf and I, I listened to the show and I was really impressed with the production. So I thought um, this would make for a good conversation. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy we, we were able to connect. Yeah, thanks. I think I think I reached out to you. Boy, I want to say like a year ago. Yeah, I did see something in the history. <laughs> and I think I, yeah. I, I replied back because you, you wrote a really nice note and most people don't take the time <laughs> to be conscientious about that. So was that a, a a plan for you to just kind of put some thought into the notes you were reaching out? Cause a lot of people, they, they do mass emails and then they don't even change the name. Right. Sometimes so it's like dear first name. And I'm like, okay, you're just form form lettering this. Yeah. I mean, it, it, in a sense it's a form letter, but yeah, uh, I wanted to be on your show. And so I thought it would, you know, that the least I could do was to write an introduction of who, who I was, who the, you know, what the show is about and, I think, you know, it's kind of a, a tangent, but I went to a Christmas Eve party okay. and there were like 20 people that RSVP'd mm -hmm. and I was the only one, I was the only one that showed up. Oh my God. This is, and, and when it was, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't my party, yeah. but, um, so there's just this, the conversation was about like, people don't, there are social graces <laughs> are a thing of the past, right? Yeah. RSVP means RSVP. 
Uh, I, you know, I mean, that's like that's like party nightmares. Faux pas, yeah. No one shows up. Oh, this is yeah. this is just a couple of days ago. Yeah. Then just a couple of days ago. Oh wow, I, that you must have felt bad for the host. I did, and they were, you know, and they were not, they're dear friends of mine, and this is a traditional party. Mm-hmm. So there's usually like a crew that goes, and to be fair, there were like stragglers that came in, you know, a couple hours late, but yeah, anyway, I, yeah, I guess the point is, is that I, I still try to adhere to social traditional graces. standards of social <laughs> graces for what it's worth. So can you, can you talk a little bit about your experience with the show and if this is like, you know, what, what is, how is this, you know, what, what other production you've done leading up to the show? Um, and if you've, tried other shows and this is the one the format that you landed upon or you know i wonder how many iterations you went through before you decided on this theme and for the wow. sorry, and, for, and for the benefit of the listener as well just to provide some context if you could tell you know how you you would describe the theme of your show because i, I think it's better if it comes out of your mouth <laughs> as opposed to me trying to 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 describe because i think it's really interesting yes it, it's it's a tough sell sometimes so the show is about death but specifically really it's about life mm-hmm. so the the premise is, is that if i could reconcile my own mortality then i could in fact live a more meaningful and purposeful life yeah and and so i explore this through through the lens of of death through, you know through all kind of aspects of it uh, the science the mysticism the culture around around death and so that's what that's what the show is about we go into topics anywhere from communicating with the dead to ego death and ayahuasca to your digital afterlife. So it's interesting because when I, you know, I always lead with that with the shows about death because I always like to get people, people's yeah. reactions. Uh, but it's, but it's about life and it's about, it's not about necessarily about the, the act of dying, mm-hmm. not necessarily just around that, 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 very finite stage of going from this existence into whatever into non-existence yeah. and about like funerals. And that's, that's certainly a part of it in, in, in some ways, but it's more about the, the hereafter. It's mm-hmm. about, it's about our, our, the worm at the core, the root of how the, the fear of death influences everything that we do. And uh, anyway, so it's been, it started off as a little bit of a, a lark really. Mm. I I have a, a production company and we do we do videos uh, specifically ethnographic marketing videos for for big brands and uh, my sound designer the, who I who I often use we became friends and one one day over beer I was like hey how about we do a passion project yeah. and he's like yeah let's do a passion project and then I'm like it's gonna be about death <laughs> and he's like oh okay he's like bummer <laughs> and he's like oh man. Um, no, he's, he's pretty stoked. And, and, you know, to, to go back even, even further into the, to the reason for behind the show is that it was, it wasn't, uh, there was no instance where like I started questioning existence. Well, I, I think I was born questioning mm-hmm. existence. So that's, that's kind of everything that everything that I've ever done is, has had this theme yeah. in, in one way or the other. But I, I, Someone had asked me if I had a podcast, what would it be on? And then, and then I was like, well, fuck, I'm not a, really an expert in anything. You know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not a comedian. I'm not an expert in anything. What could I possibly talk about that people would want to listen to? And then at the time, my, my background's in film. At the time, I was writing a script about this 28-year-old millennial who was going through a quarter-life crisis. And I was, you know, it's a, it was a comedy. But I was reading all of these existential writers who might like read in college. I think mm-hmm. most of us go through this phase, but it was like Camus and Sartre and uh, these stacks of this, this, the meaning of life. And I had all these sticky notes on, on my desk in front of me of like angst and dread and shadow and uh, Jungian archetypes. And then I was like, Oh, if I had a podcast, it would be on figuring out the meaning of life. Yeah, I, I do a podcast on death. Then I was like, "Well, shit, I'm going to do a podcast on death," and that's and that's and that's how it started, really. 
Uh, my background is uh, I have a degree in film with an emphasis on screenwriting. So as you as you probably could tell, it's it's fairly heavily scripted. Yeah. I mean, it's not scripted in the sense that it's not real life, but you know, it's there. There is a narrative to to the show. Was the plan always to have uh, to cap it? It seems like it's capped right now at fourteen. Yeah, because that's that's just TV season. Yeah. I think it's only 14 because there was, um, like technically it's 12. There's two, two parters. Yeah. I, li- I like to keep it right around like 27 to 30 minutes per episode. Mm-hmm. Is the idea to extend it to a new season? Yeah. Working on, working on season two right now. Okay. So talk a little bit about the, the planning process. Did you have the idea of, for what the, the 14 would you know, or the 12 would, would be like when you started or were you kind of like thinking about it as, as you went along? Yeah. I mean, there were, there were a lot of lessons learned in like distribution of the show, but the idea was, is that one episode would lead to the next mm-hmm. meaning as I wanted to keep it as much as like a, a true journey as possible. Uh, but that's being a little bit romantic. So yeah. you, you have to, you have to do a little bit of, of planning. So, so in part, there was a little bit of organic flow to it, but then there was also we needed to to, to figure out how how it was going to end. And so I, I definitely didn't write one until the, the previous one was was out, just so I kind of had a feel for um, connecting connecting it to make it feel like a an actual TV season. Yeah. But you know, but as you know, that when you publish on a certain day you need to publish on that certain day and so i i you know started like lapsing there was like you know up to i think at one point there was like almost like a month and a half gap between mm-hmm. between episodes just because i didn't realize how much work it was going to be yeah there's actually a term actually called pod fading and most people they make it to about episode seven and they realize how much work it is and then they stop <laughs> pod fading yeah i think mine mine was at three <laughs> So, um, uh, so I'm wondering um, a couple of questions. So, what your friends thought as they started to find out about it? Did they start to get worried? Or <laughs> that... my, my friends have been worried for decades, so that's nothing new. Uh, I think my, I mean, my mom. Yes, yeah. my mom. My mom's worried. I don't. I think she's she's actually in the first episode. I oh. don't think she's listened to any of the other episodes. Okay. Yeah, you talked about the. Uh, I think that's when I heard the one where you, you plan the the plan on dying, and and I think um, one of the comments was if if you something about something to the idea of spending uh, you should spend as much time living your life as opposed to thinking about your death. <laughs> it was something something along those lines. Yeah, that's that's from uh, my life coach Devin. Yeah, my my so my my name is Devin, and I have a life coach named Devin too. Okay. So that's a little bit of into my narcissistic psyche i guess but um <laughs> but yeah i think once and once people listen to the show yeah i mean it's very much me anyway but once people listen to the show they they realize that it's not it's it's not a dark uh conversation at all mm-hmm. um there's there's probably i tell people you'll you'll laugh more than you'll cry i promise you it's an important conversation to have especially the, the you know the first one about plan i, I think the fact that people squirm a little when you bring up the subject just speaks to this idea of people not being prepared for that, for that conversation. And I think you bring that up to the, you know, to the forefront is, is important. And I, and I'm wondering if that's some of the feedback you also received with that first episode. Yeah. That first episode in particular is, is the one that is the one that I get the most. Thank you for sharing that information because it's, yeah, and I don't know. I think we we tend to say Western Western culture yeah. shies away from this topic. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I know that, um, you know, some people in America don't shy away from it and, and talk about it, but but a lot of families ignore it. And yeah. and I didn't even go into it with with a mission to be like, hey, let me let me give this information so people can start preparing for dying. That's it was more about me, but, but that's certainly one of the comments that I got back about the first one is even doing advanced directives. There's like no reason why we, why everybody shouldn't do it. 
Mm. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. it's like a, it's a simple piece of paper. It's mm-hmm. And so just for the audience, if if you don't know, an advanced directive is that legal piece of paper that says when when you authorize the the plug to be quote unquote pulled. And um, and so it's important that that we all have a say in how things shake out, really. And I even have like neighbors that, that have children that, that don't have guardianship of their of their kids. Hmm. Um, you know, and, and and I get why you don't want to think about it. Yeah. But it's I think it's pretty important to think about. Did you find that um it it changed the way you with all these topics and it is it was important for you to have like a personal connection to each one of the topics to to dig into it? Yeah, I, I wanted to to experience all the topics genuinely and and organically. So there are, you know, I'm, I'm tons of tons of topics that we could discuss about about death, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we didn't we didn't go into grieving, okay, necessarily because I wanted to to be grieving to talk about grieving. Mm. If that makes sense. Interesting, yeah. So I, I wanted it. I wanted it to come from my perspective, and this is what, what's important to an, an angle of the show, which we. If if I do, it's it's rarely. I, I make an effort never to say you, okay. because I don't want to come across. I'm not an expert. Yeah, I'm just I'm stubbing my toes, learning about this stuff, and so I don't want to come across as as preachy at all, or telling people what the right thing to do, or or giving advice. This is so, so the intent is like, hopefully someone can get some information about what I'm doing for myself. Yeah. And, and maybe you can apply that. Maybe not. Maybe you're just entertained or maybe you're disinterested, but, but I don't think this is a topic where anybody's really an expert in. And so I, I, it's important to me that, that the audience understands that I'm just, I'm just, I'm just learning. I'm just trying to learn. And uh, hopefully they can get something out of it that, that, I, that I, get, I got. Out of it. I get the sense he's just reporting from the field. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, w- I'm interested in, in um, the, you know, towards the, the end, you, you t- also talked about psychedelic ego death and you touch on ayahuasca. So I imagine that's directly related to experiences you've had as well, and and I've 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 done plant medicine as well, so that's why it's of interest to me and and what your experiences were in putting those two episodes together. The, the plan on dying, where I actually do all my logistics and admin stuff, that's the first one. The psychedelic ego death, where I go to Peru and do ayahuasca in the hopes of transcendence through white light ego death. That's the that's the season one finale yeah two-parter two-parter you could have let you could have left it as a cliffhanger and just... <laughs> i kind of i kind of did leave a little bit of a cliffhanger uh for season two or at least like i'm going in here we go guys and then end the episode right there <laughs> yeah with, with, with a scream yeah yeah so that was uh, that was in october um to a place called temple of the way of lights mm-hmm. and Devin, who who's was actually the the life coach in episode one is, is who's also a plant medicine coach as well. Okay. This coaches for everything these yeah. days, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I didn't realize coach. they had, I thought they were called shamans, but I guess that's different. So no, well there's, yeah, that's, that's the actual, the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's a coach that, that can actually just prep you on. That's interesting. You're yeah. Some sort of, um, Sherpa. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, um, makes sense. So he got me. He got me ready, ready to, to go. I will say I don't want to give too many spoilers, but I will yeah. say that I did not. My ego is still around. <laughs> well, uh, I think well, it's just yeah. My experience has been that you're just more aware of it, and it sort of colors your perception of day to day, and you can put it in different contexts. And depending on how profound of an experience you have, there's there's definitely uh, an increased appreciation for. The, the universality of love, for example. Yeah, I, I, I had um, in my fifth ceremony, we did seven ceremonies in like 12 days. My fifth ceremony was the, was that blissful. The heart opening. Blue, yeah. The heart opening. Holy moly. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, which which, which is pretty amazing. So so ayahuasca is what you've done as well. Yeah, yeah, through um, a group. He, it's through um, the Santo Daime community, which is uh, um, which we're connected to here in, um, in Los Angeles. But yeah, that's we were obviously you have to be introduced and um, all that sort of stuff. That we were connected in New York, and we've been able to reconnect here in LA. So you so you do it. Uh, how often do you do it? Uh, probably once every couple months. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Do you, do you go like one ceremony at a time, or do you like yeah. double up? Or double? Yeah, no, it's one at a time. Yeah, so yeah, it's been interesting. It's just definitely, it's just you have to apply it too. You can't just do it and yeah, like everything's gonna be. You have to kind of take the lessons and and then you have to actually do something with it. I think before you can actually get any value from like a second trip or a third trip. Yeah, it's not. It's not. A, it's not a quick fix for anything. No, no. I think a lot of people think like I'm gonna do ayahuasca and then. I think maybe I was that person. <laughs> I'm going to transcend. Yeah, I think I, uh, everyone who went before their first one, I think that that's definitely on their mind. Yeah. So that's not, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. You gotta, you gotta actually, you know, make it a part of your existence. You know, it was interesting and I'm still not quite, haven't rec- you know, I'm not quite over this is I, I immediately when I got back, you know, cause I was also in the jungle, mm-hmm. I was really bothered by, consumerism oh yeah and it's it would like as we all should be yeah. <laughs> i mean it's so maybe i was and and still i have a problem with with waste mm. like throwing throwing things away even like food or and again like something we all should be aware of but i'm like like emotionally bothers me um post post ayahuasca yeah i think you just become more conscious of it um it was it's always there and probably worse than we've ever seen it and i think but i think it's just the fact that you you had that heart opening experience i think it just makes you more sort of like the aperture of the lens is open now and you're more observant and cognizant of it yeah 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 so what's the, what's the response been overall to the to the show it's been it's been great it's been pretty positive i'm I'm actually pretty pretty stoked we just got as last thursday uh the atlantic uh rated us 31 out of the top 50 podcasts of 2017 that's great congrats yeah like 10 above pod save america i don't know (laughs) was that was that the goal to to top (laughs) yeah yeah that's the goal and that's like so so we're 31 and then 99 percent invisible is 30 so i've just yeah been um that's Super pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty good. That's pretty good company. It's great. It's great company. I, I was kind of blown away. I, you know, and it happened because I, I, I wasn't expecting it. And so when I when I saw it, I, I was just flipping through. I thought maybe there was a chance, you know. And so I, I got past like the I guess Pot Save America was like forty three or something. Yeah. Out, out of did, 50. They, did they count down backwards? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So then, and then once I saw like you know I don't know why I keep on referencing Pot Save America. I, I mean, I, I like it, but I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to, I'm not on here. Yeah. And then it was like revisionist histories. Like I'm not, I'm, there's no way I'm going to get a higher rating than Malcolm Gladwell. And then, so, you know, sort of like curious and half disgruntled and I'm, I'm just, cause it's on my, this is why I'm doing this motion cause it was on my phone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I saw 31 and I, I, I think I, I, to be honest, I think I cried a little bit. <laughs> I'm sure. I think I ran around the room. You did, a Macaul- was, you did a Macaulay Culkin around the room? I did a Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> and then I was talking to a friend later in the day, and I'm like, I think I actually forgot what good news felt like. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That, that could have been the only time in my life I've had good news. I don't know. Like, unexpected, like, almost lottery ticket winning it is. excitement. It's interesting, because as, you know, as creators, you know, we just, there's a part of us that always wants a little bit of recognition for the work we do. And, and I think, you know, for podcasting, there's nothing like appearing in a chart or just having someone mention it or, you know, I still get uh, goosebumps when I hear some of my friends mention the show. I was listening to Harry and then, and then it's like, you know, the old days of the radio, you heard your name called out, the DJ called your name and something like that. So you're like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, make, a requ- make a request to that girl that you liked in seventh grade. Yeah, yes. This goes out. Did you ever do, do you remember that? Did you ever do that? Yeah. I'm, make I'm, requests? I'm 47, so I remember the days of radio and uh, oh, yeah. calling in for a couple of 
couple of songs. It's so funny because yeah. you would figure out the formula because then they would, uh, yeah, they had it all figured out and they would record you and they would play it in. You're like, oh man, they're playing that song just for me. And, you know, and, uh, but it was fun to hear, never, you know, nonetheless. And, and, and now when you hear it, you just, I'm always tweeting people. I'm like, thanks. And I, I, I tag them because I mean, I, I think for podcasters, especially, I really tell people, um, that you, I, I'm just trying to grow my listenership one at a time. You know, I, I like the fact knowing who's listening to the show, you know, would I love to have like a hundred thousand listeners or a million listeners? Yes, obviously, you know, if, if you're looking to monetize and I don't have a specific need to do that, but I think there's something, there's some power in just building these communities and I have a Facebook group. So I, I know like specific people that are listening to the show and I even have super fans that listen. I put a, like a little retention hashtag at the end of each episode. So I know like they have to tweet about it. <laughs> so that means they have to listen to the end. So, and so if you see one, uh, when we promote this episode, it's just something that I make up to see who's paying attention and I, and they tweet about it. And I'm like, oh, okay, you heard, you listened to the end. That's so great. Yeah, it, it is. It is nice. And so how many, how many episodes have you done now? Uh, like, one, I just released one fifty four. Wow, one hundred fifty four. Yeah, over four years. Yeah, over yeah three and a half years. Uh, just had a couple of bigger podcasters on, and um, by the time this is out, I will have released my episode with, of all people, um, the former CEO of Groupon, Andrew Mason, because he's starting a, a new transcription tool, editing tool called Descript, where he's allowing you to through the front end of the tool, he'll do the transcription of the audio. When you edit the audio, it edits the WAV file. So he's trying to move. Really? Yeah, it's really fascinating. And he's got like $5 million in funding. Obviously, they're going to let him play around and, and see if he can have a go at this. But again, through through the website, someone reached out and they said, you know, are you interested in speaking to Andrew Mason? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk to the former CEO of Groupon. And uh, we had a great conversation. A really nice guy. That'd be awesome to have the WAV file Especially just get all the ums out. Can you get all the ums out? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I find and replace, right? <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. You do enough editing, you know what the um waveform looks like. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Um, well, I mean, like, like, luckily, I don't, luckily, I, I don't do the editing. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, I, I say, I haven't done mine in a while as well. But I remember I would, I, I occasionally jump in because I get a little excited and, and I'm thinking I'm going to do like this great, like, interactive episode i just had one 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 woman on and we were talking about old school hip-hop and i was like man maybe i should like sample in some of the songs and she mentions it and fade in and and so i may do that as a bonus or something like that if i if i get the urge because I, I i have fun i mean i when i was editing and i i grew up uh djing so and then i did electronic music production so you know i, I love playing around with the the audio it's just i don't have the time for it anymore <laughs> yeah but it's really fun and um, and I imagine that's part of the allure for you, just a, building this whole sonic landscape. Yeah, it's it's, and I have worked to have a good workflow with with my my sound producer. So I do the interviews and then do a, a paper edit, mm -hmm. get them all transcribed, and then I actually the, the template that I use for the show is I literally took a few episodes of Freakonomics. Okay. And I just overlaid my show on top of the Freakonomics formula. Yeah, uh, and, and it works great. So, well, that's that's interesting because that's that's something that's very common. Like for for electronic music production, they usually have you dissect a track that you like, and you're like, okay, here's the drum, here's the bass line, here's the hi hats, here's the snares, and you just overlay it, and you're like, ah, so that's how that sound is made. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's very similar. Yeah, I love I love Freakonomics. I actually emailed Stephen Dubner and asked him if he'd be my mentor. <laughs> what do you say? And he's, he's like, I don't got that type of time. <laughs> well, I don't even know what the fuck you mean, but I'm a busy yeah. man. Yeah. So, have you been able to meet some uh, some some of your podcasting heroes as a result of the show? Not, not yet. Mm -hmm. I think the the list the list on um, Thursday was was the closest that I've gotten so far. Yeah. I, I I live in the same neighborhood as Jad uh, from Radio Lab. Okay. So so I see him at the bodega every once in a while. But I haven't yeah. got the nerve. That's to, funny. Uh, you got to figure. You got to figure out a way to um, casually stalk him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have your podcast playing out loud or something like that. Or something. Yeah, <laughs> or his. Um, so there's probably a way to uh, do that. I haven't listened to his. New, have you listened to his new one? The no. one about the Supreme Court? No, not yet. You could do a podcast meetup as well. That's always good to get local folks in the same room. We we do we do. There's an LA meetup, and I've been trying to 
I didn't start it, but I think that may be a good opportunity because, you know, that I think just with community and podcasting, I don't know what your experience has been, but like when we go to the conferences, there's a big one called Podcast Movement, you know, the Third Coast, there's a new one, a couple in on, in Florida coming up. And the community is so, so open um, and, and they're willing to help. And it's been a really great experience. And I'm wondering if, if you've had that experience as you've, as the show has grown and have you've found other podcasters. I. Well, it's, it's also interesting, too, because so I live in New York, and so there is just media in general. Mm-hmm. There sometimes can be conglomerates, right? Of, yeah. So my, so my streets, directly, living directly across from me uh, is a friend of mine, Angela Ledgerwood, and she has a pod called Lit Up, okay. where, she, where she interviews authors. And then behind me was, uh, she doesn't live there anymore, she moved to Atlanta, but Julia Bainbridge, she hosts a podcast called The Lonely Hour. Okay. And then down the street, uh, about four houses, is Torre, who he has several different podcasts. Uh, I think there was someone else. And so th- there just seemed to be just like a concentration. You of, could do a meetup just on your block. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, that, you know, a Gimlet, because in the early days, I you know I approached Gimlet and Pineapple yeah. Radiotopia just to see if they wanted to produce the show, yeah. and all they they said they said no. Even even they have been pretty generous with with their responses. So they're you know there there is that feeling that they're they're just good people. Even like I know when I talked about Stephen Dubner, like he he did email me back. Yeah, yeah. Even though he's like I don't I don't got time <laughs> for that. But there, but there, but there was there's that sense of, of, yeah. There's that, there's that sense that he's not so far disconnected from the podcasting world that he's got like somebody now answering his emails, and so yeah, refreshing to know. Yeah, and I and I, I think just because it's I haven't I haven't gone to any of of the, the festivals or or the conferences yet because um, it always it always feels like and maybe it's just my personality. Me, it just always feels like I'm chasing time chasing mm. to get things done and, and i just seem to to miss them for for one reason or the other yeah i found for me the benefit in the beginning you know there was some interesting stuff to takeaways the biggest one is podcast movement it's about two thousand folks now but i think now for me it's literally like networking and reconnecting and that this past year was the fourth year next year is going to be philadelphia it's going to be the fifth year and i've gone every year and i just keep growing like because uh, essentially that's where I get my my guests from, <laughs> because it's a podcast about podcasting. So I, I I get to meet people, have a beer with them, and I'm like, oh, I got to have this person on. So it's really Smart. fun op- opportunity for me. And then every year I make T-shirts. So now I'm known for the like the the bright. It's the logo is bright yellow. Um, so it's a bright yellow with black writing. That's the podcast artwork. So I wear the shirt, and then I make like a hundred, and I just hand them out. And so <laughs> by the time I'm done, I've, I, I'd have handed out all of them. Um, and then I asked people, uh, if they want the free shirt or the paid shirt and they said, I want the free one. So, okay, you just got to subscribe to the show on the spot. <laughs> oh, clever, <laughs> clever. So just, just stuff like that. So yeah, it's just, now I'm known for the, the, the shirts now. So every, every year now I got to like make sure I at least get a, uh, a hundred made. So people are always, I always like to give them to my guests too. So if, if we do run into each other, then you, you now qualify for a free podcast junkies t-shirt. So. <laughs> is there a podcast, is there a podcast hustle podcast? Is yeah, there a podcast sounds... about how to how to market your podcast. Yeah, I I did a post a couple, of, uh, I think a year ago, year and a half ago, about all the podcasts about podcasting, and I I think it was at twenty or thirty, and I just lost count. And <laughs> I, I did a post on Medium, and I and people still reach out to me from that article, and they're like, "Hey, can you add my show? I now podcast about podcasting," and it's just like a bit of a, a rabbit hole, <laughs> sort of like a. You know, the, the spiral but yeah there's no shortage of stuff to talk about and i just I, th- I think in the beginning i was thinking about inside the actor studio and how you can just kind of get the inside scoop on the actor and that was the thought about getting just jamming with the hosts and you know, again we don't we don't sometimes we don't even talk about podcasting because <laughs> it's just fascinating because and, and i think it just paints a picture of the all the different flavors and how people can have i mean have people that podcast you know about podcasting themselves, people like Pat Flynn and, and, and um, Cliff Ravenscraft have been doing it for like 10 years. And then, you know, people who do storytelling podcasts. Uh, I just saw my friend, uh, uh, well, someone who previous guest, Vanessa Lowe, host of Nocturne. I don't know if you've seen that show, but um, they have a whole, there's a small uh, podcast network. They call it The Herd, H-E-A-R-D. 
and it's about six or seven shows, and I've had a couple of those hosts on there. So it's just a fascinating community. There's comedians that have been been on as well, and I just love the fact that there's no one way to do podcasting. Everyone does it different ways, and we all learn a little bit from each other. So I think that's always fascinating to dig in and, and see how people like you do it, you know, coming from that, that TV and, and background and how much effort you put into, like, the content, because I think that's important. There's some people that wing it. Like, I would... We'll probably put this whole conversation as is straight up, you know, because I, you know, I've had <laughs> a lot of flubs happen on, on interviews and the listeners actually like it. They're like, oh, okay, it's, you don't all have to be perfect. And I'm like, I tell my listener like that, my show isn't perfect. And, um, you know, you'll hear the dog barking, you'll hear the garbage truck outside sometimes. So, um, but it just paints a different flavor. So I'm wondering, um, you mentioned that you did have the Freakonomics one. Were there other shows that you were listening to at the time as you came up with the idea? Boy, I would say I'm I, at that time. This is like two years ago, yeah. which almost feels ancient in podcasting terms, right? Because yeah. back then there was there was NPR based shows. Serial had just I think just started the second season, yep. maybe. And so it was like WNYC. Mm-hmm. So you have Ira Glass, who that's 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 the podcast idol. Yeah, yeah, is, of yeah. If I ever see him in a bodega. <laughs> I will. T- I will talk to him. <laughs> um, maybe. What was I? So, so serial. A lot. A lot of this American life. Yeah. I was listening to S Town during. Was I? I think during the the second half of 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 our season, mm-hmm. uh, which influenced me from the sense of just they did such a great job of creating the world and creating a, the psyche within the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, th- that's, that's one thing that I absolutely love about this medium is the ability without visuals, because it's almost a challenge, the, yeah. the ability without visuals to create another world. Yeah. And I, and I absolutely love that. Well, it's, it's, there's this, that. there's this sense of your, your hearing becoming augmented because if you're just listening and you know, it's almost like it's so immersive and that's why when you listen with you know good headphones as well and and you you really get the sense that you really pulled into a story and that's why audiobooks have always been you know really interesting for me because sometimes you just feel like you get sucked in um and that's what how it is with a, with a good and well-produced podcast and it sort of like transports you for that period of time and if it's done well it's just something that the listeners look forward to and and they get to know your voice and they get to know you and then that's why you you know you're consistent and they look forward to it and and they sort of develop this relationship with you <laughs> over over episodes and and I think it's a fascinating thing that happens with with podcasting because I feel like the connection between the listener and the host is you know it could be just really short and and and, and it's a you know, I've, I've been to conferences and people have come up to me because I wear the shirt and they're like, oh, I listened to your episode and it's, it's just nice, you know, and, and I'm, I'm sure there's been people that have listened specifically to what you said and it's just this feeling that you're not as disconnected from your audience, which I, which I really, really like. You made me think of something that was, that was said as, I guess it was something negative about the show. So it was, this group decided to do it, this book group decided to do it uh, podcast instead of a book okay. one week or two weeks or whatever the whatever it was, and some some dug it, but one of the the main things that people said was that it it just got it got too personal, hmm. and that's something to to kind of what you were saying. That's something that that just that nat that happened naturally throughout the show was that it became the more I started you know exploring the topic of death. It's it's hard not to make it personal. Yeah. And then so there was a certain point, I would think it was in like episode four where I get hypnotized and go back to my past lives. Hmm. And so it's really me getting hypnotized and you're listening to my, you know, subconscious mumbo jumbo. Like nobody really likes listening to your fucking dream. <laughs> really. I mean yeah. like, oh I had a dream last night. You're like, I yeah, I yeah. do. Uh, it, it, it's never as yeah it's you can never recreate what it is you were actually experiencing because a lot of times you can't even put words to what was going through your mind. But I, but I think it's important to what you're saying and, and about podcasting is that like, you got to make it personal. Yeah, I think so. You got to make it personal. If not, then uh, why do it? And, and this was actually something that, that I, that I learned one of the main lessons through, through this first season is that instead of, instead of being a little bit reserved when 
things get a little bit. I mean, it's not like too too much. Well, I mean, it is a little bit of information. I mean, I'm like I'm doing psychedelics for yeah. crying out loud. <laughs> so, um, and we're talking about meaning and purpose. I think I think that's the type of stuff, DS, that people relate to, and you know, the people that who it's not for, they'll tune out. But the people who resonate with that, they sort of they almost go in deeper, and they just like oh this is like hitting home for me and this is something that I'm going through now. And that's what you find sometimes. And, and I think the, the podcasts that have the most success from my perspective are the ones where you know a little bit about the host and you, and you, they get a little more personal because you know, we're just human beings, right? Trying to connect with other human beings on this planet and make meaningful connections. And I think when that happens sometimes with people that we've never met, it's just, and, and they speak to, you know, there's just that feeling where like, wow, I feel like, he's it's the right message for me at the right time and you couldn't have predicted it you couldn't have planned it it's obviously you didn't even know these people were were out there but there's something about the serendipity of (laughs) you deciding to have this message at this time that's that's going to hit home and it's probably resonated for folks already and i think it's just going to continue to do that yeah it's been it's been an awesome experience i gotta say and i gotta you know what's interesting too that in in like the in the later episode so like the one of the reasons why I, I I went and did psychedelics and was trying to transcend ego is that there was a lot of a lot of my personal stuff tied into this idea of success and love and mm-hmm. kind of the big things and the narrative that I had been telling myself for so long. Um, I just totally lost my point. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going somewhere. Where, where I was going somewhere with that. No, I was just talking about the idea of connecting, you know, how, how you can make that one-on-one connection with someone because what, of what you're saying at the time is really resonating with them and, and it's the right message that they needed to hear at that time. I didn't know why I felt like I needed to set that up with that because that just made me lose my train of thought. I've been, like I said, I've been tiling my bathroom floor, so I've been sucking. Yeah, that's okay. Did you, um, blue fumes. Did you grow up in Brooklyn? No, I was born in a state called Idaho and, uh, then we then we moved to Alaska and then I went to high school in Seattle. Okay, yeah, and then I then I joined the Marine Corps and then bounced around the world for five years and then went to college at the University of Texas. lived in Austin for about I don't know, nine years and then been in New York since two thousand and end of two thousand and nine. What's been your favorite place to live? I was uh, New York. Yeah, New York, but yeah, something uh, special about New York. Austin's yeah, nice too. I, Austin's cool. Yeah. Austin's cool. It was it was the right place for me at, at, at that time. I don't know where else to, I would live now. That's the curse of New York, yeah. right? Did you did you feel like it's so hard? Yeah, it's, it's, left? it's mainly the the weather. My my wife's Colombian, and it's just like we went through Hurricane Sandy, a couple of polar vortexes, and it was just like uh, enough is enough. And we had had some friends out here. We we'd been coming to Coachella for a couple of years, and we're just like, okay, let's give it a shot and. You know, I'm staring at palm trees right now. We just went on a nice three-hour hike a couple of days ago, and it was like seventy, de- you know, seventy, sixty-five degree weather. <laughs> so, it's just like, yeah, it's d- it's eighteen d- degrees right now. <laughs> it's it's just like polar vol- vortex, like I, number five. I, I remember those days. You would go outside and you would lose your breath. You'd like take a breath, and just when the wind would hit, you'd be like, oh, you're not your snot freezes up. <laughs> I don't miss yeah. that. I miss the energy. I mean. Plain and simple is just the, the energy and the vibe, and when you, there's nothing like Manhattan or Lower East Side or East Village on like a, on a Friday or Saturday night. It's just like electric. It's I just love it. I love it. I do miss that. And it's 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 even better during the the Christmas break when yeah. like seventy five percent of the people are gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New York is amazing when it's empty. So what? How did you have a plan for how you're going to market the show when you started, and has that changed now that you're you're wrapping up the first season? Yeah, it's it's kind of you know it's like throwing gum or spaghetti at the wall. I'm not sure what the analogy is. It was I made some significant missteps at the beginning trying to promote it. Mm-hmm. I I actually spent a lot of money on PR, mm. which which did nothing. Yeah, lesson learned. <laughs> PR is just snake oil. Well, I think, uh, I don't know if it's the remnants of what you put in place earlier, but um, the one-two punch of your original email followed by the followed up by the PR is why we're talking now. So, Oh, yeah. yeah. So Maggie, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's all coming together. So, <laughs> so, so Maggie, who contacted you, she, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but she 
works for Spoke, which is oh, yeah. a curator for Sirius FM. Yeah. And she was a fan of the show, and she was she was the one in charge of she. It's not called on being, but oh, on being with Krista Krista Tippett. She does shows like that, okay, or like being being human. So okay. so her okay. so her curation category is being human. Got it. And then the original point that I lost. <laughs> that's all. It's all circling back. So we're able to tie it all back. That's good. <laughs> so so they had actually had used uh, snippets of the show for the segment about relationships, okay. which, which I, I thought was pretty fascinating because it was really what not to do in relationships, but through a show on death, they were able to, it was very relationship heavy, which I guess sounds obvious when I said that. Loud. But so anyway, so that tie, tie a knot on that and we move on. So Maggie just became uh, a fan of a fan of the show. Nice. And she's like, Hey, I, I have some extra time on my hands do you need help with anything and i said oh absolutely could you could you uh just start emailing journalists for me yeah um could you email all those people that blew me off the first time <laughs> yeah there's this one guy in particular who complimented me on my form letter but uh, that's as far as it got and you're like is that a form letter compliment that he generally <laughs> yeah he writes to everybody <laughs> magnificent prose uh, so that's good so you so marketing you've changed what you thought was yeah, originally going to work what was the question i think there's just a lot of i had the same conversation earlier today about and someone had asked someone is getting advice about podcasting and they they wanted to know like distribution and they wanted to know about how to, to grow listeners mm-hmm. as I, I can tell you all that i know about publishing and distribution gaining listeners is man i don't think there is a formula uh, if there is i'm not sure exactly what it's been it's just it's just keeping you know it's sometimes sometimes it's uncomfortable you're like i, I do the show it, it sometimes feels awkward to talk about pumping the show up to other yeah. people yeah. you know it's just i think natural natural for a lot of people so the marketing has it just kind of stopped i just wanted to actually do the show yeah on and not be too concerned about trying to to grow and then you made this point earlier like i, I just kind of took it at like one lesson at a time and then i stopped and this may be a result of ayahuasca i stopped caring hmm. yeah I, I, I can understand that i just i stopped um caring in the sense of monitoring like day in day out like how many people are listening or just yeah well, that can be that can be the dicting candidate you know <laughs> stats look at the stats so that's and, and in regards to like sponsorship too stop caring about that so i don't i don't have sponsors i don't care about sponsors yeah. i'm going to if if the numbers get if the downloads get to a certain threshold that we have like written down then we'll approach some people about for exclusive sponsorship but just because the topic's about death it's i, I wanted to fit like I don't know how many advertisers would want to touch that. How many funeral homes you got knocking at your door? Yeah. MailChimp. <laughs> Send a newsletter. Yeah. Grandma died. Um, yeah. So um, have, you, have you built, um, have you started a community, like a Facebook group for fans of the show? We have a Facebook group. So I got to be honest with you. I am personally, I'm not on Facebook. Yeah. And so when it came to, um, I was kind of like curmudgeon the old man when it came to social media yeah. outside of Instagram. I don't know why Instagram is the exception. And then I think, and then what happens is when you want to then to promote something, then it just feels forced and then it just feels overly promoting mm-hmm. and it, I'm not natural in that space anyway. And so it just never, so the answer to the question is yes. Yeah. It's not, um, it's not that sticky. Yeah, I think it's a matter, you know, we could talk offline a little bit too, but I think some of the things we do for clients is just promote them, just make sure the group is specifically for the fans of the show. And it's something I did with Podcast Chunkies. It's called Podcast Chunkies Chunkies, pretty original. And <laughs> it's just a way for me to always, you know, there's, you can set rules for the groups and say, this is not a place for you to promote your your stuff. You know, I I I reserve the right to kick out anyone I want, and it's just for fans of the show. And I and I feel like your your episodes and your content lends itself well to sort of like this really deep dive on these episodes. Where we're like, okay, let's talk about what DS was talking about in, in you know in, in in episode one. And I imagine you could there's a be a whole thread of stuff that would be happening on that topic. 
of, of prepping and and um, plant medicines, you know, have their own thread. And I think there's this idea of building this community and then eventually they just entertain themselves and then they answer their own questions and you don't have to be in there in the beginning. I think you just got to like create the, the space for them and I think allow them to just build the community there and it's a nice way they spread the word and, and, and they become your biggest fans. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I failed at that. <laughs> inst, inst, Instagram, Instagram has actually been fairly... Uh, successful and, and engaging. The other thing you could do, I don't know if you've done this, um, are audiograms, which are the snippets yeah. of audio. Yeah, those are pretty powerful too because you get 30 seconds of audio in Instagram or Twitter, um, which is normally not where you'd hear some audio. So it's a great way to give people a sneak peek. And I think that's a nice way to find new listeners. Yeah, shout out to Memory Motel who gave me the, uh, this, not this, certainly on a streak, but gave me the instructions of how to yeah. do, do that in After Effects. A couple of questions as we wrap up. Um, what's something you've changed your mind about recently? Something that I've changed my mind about recently. Um, that's so good. Besides retiling my bathroom floor. Um, it could be on anything. Something that I've changed my mind about. I, I will say, and this is actually part of something I'm going through right now through season two. I'm I'm currently doing an episode, doing an episode on only uh, ha- becoming closer to the relationship with with meat that I eat, hmm. having that having been a sentient being, hmm. and um, I, I think by in part because I, I they it is a cult of personality, but I've changed my mind about hunting animals for food hmm. meaning meaning it, I, ultimately that is the most ethical way to eat meat if you're a meat eater yeah yeah you can't uh, hide the that connection and 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 the way the whole how it gets to where it's a sentient being and and, and arrives in your plate i think people skip a lot of that and they don't want to cl- close their eyes and like i don't want to see that but I, I think if you can you have a newfound appreciation for what exactly is on your plate. Yeah. And so I, so I guess I say it with disclaimers. I'm not, I'm not into like taking pictures. I'm not into like shooting mountain lions or certainly not elephants or like hunting for the sport of killing, but hunting as a means to, to, to feed yourself, particularly if you're, if you're a meat eater anyway, like you said, if, if if you're, if you're just picking it up from the grocery store. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, what, uh, yeah, Joe Rogan talks a lot about that as well. And if, yeah, he's. I actually tried to get him on that episode. Okay. Yeah, Joe Rogan and uh, Steve Ranella. Yeah. Steve, so Steve, Steve Ranella has a, has a show called uh, uh, Mediator. Yeah. And I'm trying to get. I'm still trying to get. So yeah. Steve, if you hear this, I'd love to have you on the show. Yeah, sometimes you got to put the intention out in the universe and just have the <laughs> vibration go out there. Um, what's uh, the most uh, misunderstood thing about you? Boy, um, there is this, so I'm 42. I am single. I've never been married. I have no children. I think that there's this misunderstanding that I am afraid of commitment. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's a misunderstanding. I think there's, there, there's, you know, I think with a lot of friends, particularly my mother, um, <laughs> There's a, uh, there, there is, there's this, this idea that, uh, I'm not looking for a long-term relationship and that's not, and that is not true. Yeah. Everyone's on their own, on their own journey. And I've found a lot of people and friends I've met through the podcasting community that are not married and they're in their sixties and he just as happy as can be. And I think it's just, everyone's got their own, their own DNA and what makes them tick and what makes them happy. And I think it's not for everyone. So I think people, I, but I think what's important for people to respect your decision, um, because ultimately you would think that, you know, best. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know best at all. I'm just, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Why well, I, somehow I just made that about my, about my personal life. Um, oh, it's, well, that was top of mind. So a lot of times with these questions, you never know what the answer is going to be, but it's, it's usually something that's been brewing, uh, in your in your subconscious <laughs> yeah I, I had a long i had a long late christmas night where there was like three of us that sat around the kitchen table and 
wax poetically. You know, people in their like 40 to 43 range. Mm-hmm. Um, some recently divorced, some. Yeah. yeah, I'm talking about love. Yeah. And, and the narrative of love. That's, that's your next podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am not. Yeah. I'm not. Well, maybe it yeah. could be interesting. I am actually. Okay. So I am. I don't know if this is too early to say that I am working on another podcast where it is. It is a dating show. Okay. It is a dating show. Interesting. Yeah. It's a game show. Yeah. Well, keep us uh, apprised of that. <laughs> uh, so Diaz, thank you so much. Uh, time flies by, but this has really been a fun conversation. Like I said, I, I never know where they're going to go. And this was uh, really, I really enjoyed this. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, what's Bye. the best, what's the best finally. place? <laughs> yeah, finally, <laughs> it only took two or three emails. So and that's what they tell podcasters. You just got to yeah. keep trying, you know, especially those big guests, you know, sometimes six, you hear about stories that they reached out six, seven, eight times. And then finally they said, yes. So, um, yeah. I think every podcaster is nothing if not persistent. Um, what's the best place for folks to connect with you and connect with the show? Yeah. And just go to remember to die.com. That is RememberToDie.com, and that is also the social handles. Uh, Instagram is at RememberToDie. Twitter, which then I think we just talked about earlier, we're, we're not that great, but yeah. we certainly would love to say hi. Yeah. Um, and then if you just want to email, it's just hello at thejonesco.com. Well, uh, I'm glad you did continue um, the outreach. I'm glad we were able to connect. Um, I really like what you're doing with the show. I just love the, just the, the different ways people can tell stories and i think you've got a lot of um history and, and, and your background is really lends itself well to this type of storytelling so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get caught up on the remaining of the episodes and uh looking forward to season two thanks harry you're awesome thanks so much to ds for coming on the show we were connected through someone from his team that reached out and immediately i was fascinated by the subject of his podcast and i listened to a few episodes and as a result, it was the great conversation you just heard. Podcastjunkies.com slash 161 for the full show notes. As always, we put a lot of love and care into the show notes. Uh, so please make sure you check that out. Intro and outro music composed by Cedar and Soil. Cedarsoil.com to listen to his amazing music and be inspired. Don't forget to support our episode sponsor. They're really uh, doing a great thing by supporting the podcast community, Podbean at podbean.com slash podcast junkies. Tune in next week for my conversation with Joe Pardo, host of The Business Podcast. You can't get a better SEO-friendly name than that. Joe Pardo is the creator of MapCon, really good friend for several years now. Um, I really had a blast when I was there. You probably heard it mention, me mention it on a couple of different episodes. And some great uh, guests, past guests like Karen Yankovich, um, Mary Nichols have come out of that as well and some others I may be forgetting, and some others that are probably yet to come. But I'm looking forward to being there again this year. I'm actually speaking uh, again, so that's going to be fun. Uh, don't forget to sign up for our newsletter, podcastjunkies.com slash 8tools, with either the number or, or the letter 8tools, uh, and sign up and uh, to be placed on our newsletter list. Now, the retention hashtag that I mentioned is uh, some initials. Now, we're going to do DSRTD. So DS for DS Moss, RTD for Remember to Die, so it's hashtag DSRTD, and you can tag uh, DS Moss and the show at Remember to Die, all one word, on Twitter. And of course, we are always at podcast underscore junkies. Thanks so much for being patient with the haphazard uh, release schedule. I've been traveling, have more travel coming up. Uh, by the time you hear this, I will be in San Diego. So if you are at Traffic and Conversion or Social Media Marketing World, then please hit me up uh, on Facebook is usually the best way or uh, I'm on LinkedIn, or you can tweet at me at uh, podcast underscore junkies. Looking forward to connecting with some friends and some always making some new ones and probably end up with a couple more guests as a result of the trip, as always is the case. Thanks for all you do for the show. Love you guys.